Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weaver State Weekly Football Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have our returning champions, Dustin Chappie Chapman. Chappie, how are you doing this week? Man, I'm here and I'm on time. What could be better? <laughs> he is here and on time. How about that? <laughs> and then Just also, here is a, is a bonus. It's nice, right? <laughs> and then uh, from his new digs, or nearby anyway, Sean Lewis. Sean, how are you? We're at the temporary Casa de Sean, as as it is. This is this is where I sleep during the week, and then uh, I'm back in Ogden on weekends right now as I've started a new gig, but it's fun. Sean, you've got a very Ron Swanson look about you. The whole wood background <laughs> cabin and the, the beard going on. Yeah. Seems kind of weird. In fact, you're doing the same thing. You're a government employee that's got the Ron Swanson <laughs> thing going on. He is my spirit animal. It's the wood, it's the wood paneling. Well, fellas, um, let's talk a little bit about the show coming up today. Um, so we've got um, on the show, we've got kind of a special treat for folks um, tonight. We've got two interviews for you. We're going to be interviewing senior wide receiver Ty McPherson. Uh, talk to him a little bit about his career at Weber State, obviously, focusing on a lot on this season. Uh, Ty's uh, going to be a captain again this year, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, then afterwards, uh, we're going to have a coach's interview. So you'll have the opportunity to... Uh, hear from Coach Mickey Mental, the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach coming from Ohio now to the mountains of Utah. So we'll talk to Coach Mental a little bit about um, coming to Utah, about playing at Elevation, about his success in the MEC, and kind of what he hopes to bring to the Big Sky Conference. And then finally, we'll have a, we'll have a look at the, the depth chart today. And um, we'll, we got our first look. And so we'll talk through it a little bit because I think, guys, uh, we were sort of talking in the chat a little bit today and we had some surprises, some things we, we expected, but some things we did not. So we'll talk through some of that with the group. Uh, but before we get into all that, we want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all really good places to find Weaver State Weekly or on social media a bunch. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter, one of the best places to interact with the Weaver State Weekly team, especially on game day. Football game day is coming up on Thursday this week. And so. I will be manning the Twitter account from my couch in Nashville, Tennessee. And so uh, if you're not at Stewart Stadium, you can join me on Twitter. And then, of course, we have the Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Um, become a patron, help support the, the work that we're trying to do and uh, enhance coverage of Weber State. And then appreciate all of our patrons who have done that to this point. Thank you all. All right, guys. Um, handled all the stuff. So now, T-Mac, Ty McPherson. Let's talk to Ty. Ty, how you doing tonight, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. This is this is a treat. It's uh, it's awesome. We're just excited for some Weber State football. As are we, man. I mean, it's been it's been a long wait since uh, the end of the spring season. Obviously, not not the end of the spring or the uh, fall season. Last season, the way that you guys had hoped it to go. Um, I'm firmly in the camp that Famu shouldn't have been there. That Weber State should have got the nod. Whatever. We'll we'll let bygones be bygones. But um, Tyler, wanted to kind of start things off by now you're coming into your senior season, right? This is it for you. You've had a front row seat to some of the highest points that this program has ever achieved uh, since 2017, like you said. Um, so, I mean, you've seen a lot, right? How do you guys feel going into this season? Because you've been through some highs. There have been some lows. I mean, last year was tough. And so now rejuvenated, coming into the fall 2022 campaign. How are you guys feeling, man? I would say rejuvenated is one of the is one of the best words to sum it up, you know, fresh and, you know, coming off a season that we weren't super happy about and we felt like things slipped, you know, both off off the field, maybe on the field or on the field, maybe a little bit off the field as well. But feeling really good. This team is this team's awesome. They're young. You know, we only got 10 seniors out of on the whole team. So this is the youngest team I've ever been on, you know. So it, it's a really cool situation for myself, you know, and also for a lot of these younger guys, you know, looking at a lot of these younger guys, they look at, you know, guys like, I, I hope they look at guys like me and Eddie Heckard and Noah Toggy and Winston, you know, some of us older guys, like how I used to look at, you know, Taryn Johnson, Andrew Voller, Stephen Cantwell, when I was a freshman, I hope, I hope they look at some of us leaders, like how I used to look at some of those, you know, awesome leaders and players here at Weaver State. So nothing but excitement, nothing but just, you know, good feelings and a, a lot of preparation. We're just, we're excited to go. So, yeah. 
I mean, a proper, you know, off season this year, you guys were able to get back into the normal swing of things, having spring ball at a normal time, going through, you know, fall camp at the normal time. And now everybody, I mean, from based on what we've, we've read from Brett Hine, who's covering you all from the standard examiner, everybody's feeling good. Like you said, people are healthy, the healthiest that they've been, we've heard for some folks. And so things are looking good for a rejuvenated Weber State team. No doubt. Great. Nothing but, I mean, fall camp was a success. Spring ball was a huge success. You know, a lot, a lot of young guys are just getting a lot of reps. I would say that for me, I've taken less reps, you know, this, you know, this fall camp, probably less than I've ever taken. Not in a bad way, you know, because I, I feel great, but just getting other guys reps and making sure that they're, you know, kind of just figuring out college football and how it works. And it's been awesome for me and some of the older guys just to, you know, obviously grind when, when practice is going, but also just help out the younger guys, you know, help build the program, help do whatever we can to make, you know, these young guys ready for this season and for the next four years or three years or two years, you know, how, just how old they are. So, yeah. Kathy and Sean, I'm going to bring you in, but I was going to ask one last question here really, really quickly. Coach Hill has made a lot. He, he has made a lot of hay about the fact that you guys had these player-led um, practices, right? And that like those player-led practices have really moved the, the needle coming into fall camp. You know, Coach Hill mentioned that quite a few times as he was doing interviews with Paul Grua, who's the SID in charge of football and overall communications at Weber State. Um, and so I wanted to ask, like, how did that come about? How did you guys say, you know what, we're going to have player-led practices we're going to do these things. We're going to do a little bit extra. And then like Coach Hill has said, let's put you guys ahead of schedule in fall camp to really do some things that maybe you wouldn't have been able to do if you hadn't done those. Yeah, I mean, Coach Hill, he, he makes it known that, you know, successful teams only go as far as the leaders and the players want it to go. So, I mean, just from, from day one of spring ball, you know, he's been telling us, hey, like some of you leaders, some of you guys that have been here, you, I mean, some of these team meetings, some of the things that Coach Hill tells us to do, we know, like we've, we've heard it, you know, dozens of times. So he, he just, you know, makes it clear to us that we got to lead. And we, if there's an opportunity to have a practice without coaches or do something without coaches, that's our obligation. That's our responsibility to make it happen and to, and to help, the, you know, help the guys figure it out. And so it's cool that he, he puts a lot of responsibility on our shoulders you know, it can be, it's hard. You know, I'm a 23 year old kid. I go to school. I have, you know, a wife and I have family, but it's awesome to do whatever I can to help out, you know, some of the younger guys and just the whole team by doing PRPs or player run practices. So Ty, I wanted to ask you a question or a couple questions. Um, This is your last go round in, in the big sky. Um, looking ahead at the schedule, is there one game? I mean, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot for some bulletin board material. Is there one game that you're looking forward to, or one 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 game that you just circled? You're like, I'm I'm way more pumped for this team than I am the other teams on the schedule. Oof, that's tough. Because I mean, the big you sky know. is. <laughs> I've I. It's fun to tell all these young guys. You know, back in 2017, I played in Bozeman. You know, Montana State. I played played at Ewash a couple times, you know, I've played at all these places. I played at Portland state when they still played in the MLS arena, you know? Yeah. So, and you know, now they're playing at a more of like a recreational park, but as for games on the schedule, I mean, if you look back at last year, you know, some of our losses at home between Montana state, Portland state and uh, UC Davis, I mean, those three games that I just, there's the, all three of them are on the road, you know? So yeah, and all, all three great atmospheres, great places to play football. So I'm those ones especially stick out. Obviously, Utah State is a, awesome. I love the FBS games. I love going toe to toe against you know sure. s- some big time schools. And but I mean, I could go. I could go on all day about games I'm excited for. I, I would love to say JMU because that's my favorite place that I've played in my career. But they, you know, not to be okay. Yeah. So all, um, all you mentioned. Games. You, you mentioned something. I want to kind of follow up with it if, if I don't lose my train of thought here. Um, you, you talked about... Um, I, I lost it. Guys, I'm, I'm horrible. 
No <laughs> worries. Sean's got, got too much on his mind. Um, I do. I do. Well, let, let's uh, let's go back to the, the, the question, Ty, and then I'll let Chappie have a spot, and maybe it'll come back to me. Um, you've had a, a, a strong career here at Weber State. Um, I think the uh, last fall was was your best season um, in a Wildcat uniform, but uh, just curious what your personal goals are uh, this year as far as, as uh, uh, what, what, what steps do you look to as a as a uh, player on how you want to improve as a player this year. First of all, thank you for your kind words. It's much appreciated. All of us players are very appreciative of the sport we, we get, but as for personal goals, um, I would say first un you know, unselfishly just be the best leader. I'm in a room right now with receivers where, not a lot of reps, you know, not a lot of game reps for a lot of guys, a lot of freshmen, a lot of, you know, true or red shirt freshmen. So I'm in a young room and I've done my absolute best to be a good example on and off the field. And so that's one of my main personal goals is help build that receiver room. And then I guess selfishly talking about my own personal stats, you know, I've, I've been a little bummed with previous years, not in a bad way. I mean, I'm, I would way rather win a big sky championship than have, you know, crazy stats, but sure. Going into this year. I mean, I haven't topped 40 catches and I look at fall of 2019 and then this last fall of 2021. And I felt like both of them were half seasons. Like I played mm-hmm. a lot in that last half of the season, 2019. And I just didn't, I didn't have great stats the whole season, this last 2021. So I think if I put both those together, you know, 34, 39, however many catches I had those two years, I'm right around 60, 70, 75 balls. That, I mean, my goal is to catch minimum 60 to 70 balls. And if you put together those two years in yardage, hopefully I can be right around that 700 to a thousand yards, you know, even... I, for myself, I think every day I'm going to have over a thousand yards receiving this year. And that's I'm gonna, fantastic. Yeah, you know that's just that's just a personal goal, and I I think it's it's doable. We have such a great offense coordinator, and Coach Hill is as good as they come around you know college football. And I I let him know, hey, Coach, I I want I want to get the, I want the ball. I want to do whatever I can to help this team. And I think me having the ball is selfishly it's something that I can you know we I can do to help this team win football games. So right. I remember I remembered my question now, and, and I'm sorry for, for delaying Heck it. Yeah. Colby can edit edit stuff out. As players, um, you you what you brought up um, in in your last comment was about the losses at Stewart Stadium last year. As players, what do you guys feel you need to do to make Stewart Stadium the fortress that it has been in years past that it wasn't in 2021? So if we go, if we look at team goals, one of our biggest team goals is, and we, you know, we go over these, these team goals many times. And one of our team goals is win home games. We, we hate losing at home. Obviously losing anytime is horrible, but we, we want to win home, home games. So, I mean, that fortress at Stewart stadium, having people that come out and support Weber state when there's such great college football in Utah, it means the absolute world to us to have those fans in Stewart Stadium, you know, supporting us. So we got to take more pride in, in in all games, but especially home games. We got to go out and put on a great show and go win football games. So, well, so Ty, I got a few questions, but I know we we got to wrap it up soon. I I just want to ask you: You've been here 2017. We've had the debate internally about you know our favorite memories of, of Weber State football forever and especially of late you having been here oftentimes the 2017 season comes up the 2019 season comes up you mentioned playing at jmu and having that be a good experience what what's been like your maybe your favorite memory of, of the time you've been here at weber state wow that's that's there's a lot i mean going to eastern washington in 2017 and you know, being a true freshman, I just kind of was figuring it all out, but I made a couple, you know, big time plays for my, you know, big time blocks. Dave Jones walks it in for a game winning touchdown, you know, in 2017. Let me go back last year in 2021. And, you know, I, I make a block for Dave Jones yet again, and he gets a game clinching first down, you know, so those two off the top of my head, I love playing in 
in uh, Cheney and at Eastern Washington. And then, I mean, JMU, it sucks that we, we haven't gotten them. We played them at, you know, at JMU, but some of those games are unbelievable. And then beating Montana at home in 2019, there's just so many. I can go on and on. But I mean, I have three Big Sky championships in my couple years here. So that's ultimately the best memory I have. So that's awesome. We, the, uh, you know, you're looking at the wide receiver room, you guys have a lot of Ogden guys around there, but we even always try to explain to other fans, fans of other schools, like there's no, there, there's no shortage of hate to go around the big sky teams, you know, especially the players that aren't from the area that may not get it and be like, man, well, why do you guys hate Montana? It's like, eh, just go there and play a game. And I'm sure you'll find out why we don't like Montana, you know? The Big Sky is, it's, it's such a fun conference. And, you know, saying the rivals are SUU and Idaho State, even though SU is gone, of course, Idaho State's a huge rival. But you look across the board, Montana, Montana State, I mean, those have got to be almost everyone's rival because you go up there and play them and you're like, holy cow, where, like, I'm in Bozeman, Montana, and, you know, 20,000, 15,000 people are screaming at me and, they love football up here. And it's just awesome. I mean, Big Sky is definitely, it, it's, it doesn't get enough credit. You know, a lot of people don't really know how awesome a football, you know, there is in, in the Big Sky. So, Ty, uh, one last question for you, and we'll wrap this up. Um, yes, sir. You have a new wide receiver coach this year, Scott Ridley, former MPC student with me, by the way. Um, but Skyler is now going to be coaching you guys in the wideouts, former college wide receiver himself down at Brigham Young. And so talk to us a little bit about his style. I mean, he's a guy who's experienced at the position, had some success, you know, when he was a player and has, you know, gone through the reps and has been up at Weber State now for a while, understands what Wildcat football is all about and the program that Coach Jay Hill is trying to implement. Talk to us about his style and how you guys have kind of responded. Because like you said, a lot of young guys, especially young guys from Texas coming up and, and playing yeah. as true freshmen. Now, Coach Ridley's as good as they come. I've, I've known Coach Ridley since I was in eighth or ninth grade. He, when he was playing at BYU, he picked me on his BYU t- uh, football camp, um, his team. And he would throw me the ball almost every play. So I, I, I got all the love in the world for Coach Ridley. He's, he's done a great job coming in after Coach Ursua. I was really close with Coach Ursua. And once they announced it was Coach Ridley, I was, I was ec- ec- ecstatic. You know, I was he's as good as they as good as they come he's very personable he cares so much and he just stays on top he gives great coaching points he's has that walk-on mentality of just got to be tough go make big blocks before you can make big catches you know you got to be able to get your nose in the run game and just be tough and he's done such a great job I mean these young kids they're coming along so much and very fast and nothing but good things to say about coach Ridley he's taken all of us in and just done, just done a great job, and it's been it's been a whole lot of fun, and we're just excited for this season come uh, coming forward. So, well, so are we. We look forward to Thursday night. Um, uh, also, yeah, we wanted to. We, we told you this previously before we started the show that we wanted to give a shout out to your mom, Annie. She's been a longtime supporter of Weber State Weekly, so really appreciate her and her support. Uh, long time, like I said, so we wanted to make sure that we gave her the shout out tonight. But Ty, I want to thank you so much, man, for take, taking some time to chat with us here on Weaver State Weekly. A little bit about the season. Good luck on Thursday night. We'll be rooting for you and uh, and all the games beyond, man. Best of luck in your season, senior season. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate Weaver State Weekly and all that you guys do. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, man. Thanks, Ty. Good. Go Cats. Yeah, great season. Thank you. See you on Thursday. Oh, we'll be there. <laughs> Yes, we all right, fellas. We well, really appreciative of uh, of 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 T Mac coming on and talking to us. But now uh, we've had Coach Mental waiting uh, backstage for a while. So, Coach Mental, apologies. We want to bring you in really, really quick, and uh, and then and get a convo going with you, Coach. Uh, first time here on Weaver State Weekly, so uh, we wanted to say welcome. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, so, so coach, we wanted to start out with, I mean, you are a former head coach yourself in, in D2, uh, at Notre Dame college, just outside, not very far from your alma mater, actually pretty, pretty close. And so I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about, um, the Cleveland area, man, cause it feels like this has really shaped your game and the way that you play football and the way that you coach football, man. Like what about, 
What about the Northeastern Ohio brand of football do you feel that you're, you're bringing to Ogden uh, and, and kind of melding with Jay Hill's system at Weber State? Uh, you guys are already tough here, so it's a, it's not that won't be a change. Uh, the, the, the staff here and Coach Hill do a tremendous job, obviously, of preparing these guys, um, both mentally, physically. Um, so I don't, you know, growing up in the Northeast, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's about playing football year round. Um, you know, come from a coaching background, dad coach, uncle coached, my sister's a volleyball coach right now, my cousins are baseball and volleyball so been blessed to be around a, a lot of great people um but you look at the tree i mean just division three uh, i went to baldwin wallace and you play john carroll in my union and i can go on and on about the the amount of coaches that are in the nfl college uh d2 d3 i mean they're just it, you know it, it's important to us uh in ohio to obviously uh, impact uh, young men's lives after playing college ball and and not getting in the real world. So uh, I've been blessed. No, definitely the case. Chappie, uh, Sean, I, I felt like I didn't give you guys a lot of time in that last interview, so I want to give you a lot more time to talk to Coach Mental. Uh, I'll let Chappie go because I took all of his time. Okay. We're, we're a team here. So Coach Mental, my couple questions for you. Um, coaching is – the coaching tree, you know, a lot of times it's always a, a who-knows-who game. How did you get on Weber State's radar? I, I don't know that we know the story of how you ended up in in Ogden. Uh, you know, we did some really good things at Notre Dame. Um, like I tell a lot of people, um, I wouldn't be in the situation I am right now without, you know, those guys at Notre Dame. Um, spent 13 years there. Uh, it's just not the players. It's the people I work for, the administration. Uh, they've been awesome throughout that my whole experience there. And, um you know, saw that, you know, Coach Hammer was leaving and, and obviously reached out to some people and got connected with Coach Hill. So um, from there, just kind of introduced myself to Coach Hill and, and told him what we did. So um, it was awesome. You know, I love working for uh, Coach Hill. Great man. Um, you know, still believes in education first uh, and graduating your kids. And I, I, I'm all about that. I think that's a big piece of it. To, you know, molding young men in college. Obviously, you want to win a lot of games, and they do that here, but also, um, you know, help these guys uh, get a degree at the end of the day. Well, I'll tell you just from, from our own personal experience, I, going on three years of interviewing players here on Weber State Weekly, uh, that's been the funnest part for, I think, all of us has just been that these are phenomenal young men that are playing football here in Ogden. Uh, they're character-first guys, and you can tell that the coaches and the players all – all care it's it's you know care about each other absolutely absolutely and, and that's a, you know that's what makes this job even better man coming to work with great great staff and, and, and great players uh and great people it makes makes this easy oh so some of us have watched some game film film here at weaver state weekly is what we can find online um what kind of offense should we should we expect is it is it is it more of a balanced offense is it a spread is it some of the games i've watched it's a lot of zone runs, some RPO. What what can what should fans expect when you guys take the field on Thursday? Uh, we're going to run the ball. I guarantee you that. Um, that's the foundation. And obviously, you know what we try to do is obviously exploit the numbers in space, um, whether that be throwing, running, whatever that defense is trying to obviously stop. Uh, we're we're going to try to get our playmakers the ball in space. Uh, we're going to do it with the tempo. Um, Fast pace, exciting to watch. Our guys are going to play hard, um, and it's an entertaining offense. But at the end of the day, it's about getting your guys uh, the ball in space and let them do what they do. So, um, first and foremost, starts with the offensive line. Uh, I've been blessed, obviously, coming to a good situation here. Coach Meyer does a good job uh, developing young O linemen, um, and obviously, uh, I think it starts with them. So, if we can run the football, it makes the passing game a lot easier. It's interesting you brought up the O-line coach because we, we saw the first depth chart today and we noticed that there's been some shifting on the O-line due to uh, uh, some injuries and such like that. And even Coach Hill has mentioned that the O-line's a little bit thin. And I, I, I don't know how much you've listened to our show, but last week I was on and I talked about how my biggest worry is the O-line protecting the quarterback. And we've had some times where quarterbacks um, are pressured and they're, they're thinking you know, like, okay, do do step one, step two, step three, rather mm -hmm. than letting the game come to them. 
So as the OC and as the quarterbacks coach, mm-hmm. what is the biggest thing you've had to do to uh, adjust to to the room and get these guys on board with with the thin offensive line, but but letting the game come to them and and we talked about getting the ball out quick and, and such like mm-hmm. that. What what what? How do, how does that transition and how are the guys taking hold of that? Do you feel like you're seeing the progress? Sorry, that was a, a long rambling question. No, you're good. Um, you know, I think it, it starts with the tempo and limiting the the exotic blitzes the defense can present. Uh, the faster you go, the, the the less complex you can be, both offensively and defensively. So we're going to try to limit that um, based on tempo. Obviously, staying on, on um, schedule on offense will help that. Um, but just getting the ball out, you know, taking taking the checkdowns, taking the the available flats, taking you know the quick um, the quick route, quick. That way, the, you know, when we do call play action pass down the field, it's more efficient. Um, obviously, with tempo, you, you, you wear down the defense. Uh, they don't have as much gas. And obviously, with the altitude here, I'm going to try to take advantage of that. Um, it's a lot different than Cleveland. There is no altitude. So uh, just trying to, you know, obviously stay on schedule, first and foremost. And I think that'll put us in good situations to be balanced, uh, both run and pass. Okay. Well, I, I know a lot of fans will be excited to, to see a balance because we've seen a lot of, of first and second down throws and then a third down run to try to get up middle or whatever, and, and it hasn't been too successful. Uh, the offense has been very predictable in the last couple of years. So uh, from this fan's perspective, I hope that we can get <laughs> a little bit more creativity out of, out of the uh, offense. And then I'm just curious. Uh, we've obviously seen a, a little bit of a, a quarterback battle. Um, I believe the depth chart had... Uh, Bronson as QB one going into the season. Um, but, uh, as coaches and I, and I, I'm really excited for him, but as coaches, who's the breakout star of the team this year, who are you guys most excited to, uh, and, and you're probably not going to tell me cause you don't want any of the, the opponents to figure out who, who you guys are going to highlight and spotlight. But I, I want to know who as fans, who should we be paying attention to that maybe is off the radar? I was going to say, my answer is quick because I didn't get to see him in the spring, but uh, JD, JD is special, man. Um, yeah. you know, he, he is. He comes to work every day. I love how he uh, competes and practices. Um, he's got a real knack of, you know, uh, of obviously making people miss. Breakout star, I mean, it could go anywhere from uh, we got a bunch of young kids, a freshman. Uh, I think uh, the tight end room you'll, you'll see uh, will be utilized. The, a little bit more in the passing game. I, I think we've been blessed to have three, four um, really good quality tight ends that, that can do some things in the passing game. Um, but at, are, at the are we going to see some tight end focus plays? Uh, that excites me. I, I love a good tight end. Uh, just tight end splits down the middle, right? Uh, my, my tight ends at Notre Dame caught 80 passes last year. So I'm a big fan of the tight ends. They're, they're, they're a mismatch, but um they got my back on that, so they're going to have good years uh, in the tight end room. But we are blessed, uh, you know, throughout the whole roster on offense, um, you know. So I think it, it could go anywhere. Um, I'm excited. That's one of the exciting things to, to play Thursday, see which guys can uh, obviously uh, be gamers. Um, I think that's one of the questions you got to figure out. But yeah. practice is one thing. If you can do it under the lights, uh, then you got something. So we're excited so- to see that. I've got one more for you, and this is a little bit off book, and, and so I'm, I'm going to um, try to present this as, cl- as clearly as I can. Um, I have a theory in coaching. Coaching is all about relationships, and, and I, I find when I, when I pay attention to coaches who switch geographic regions of the country that, that sometimes they're not as successful, and I, and I feel like because you've, you've been in a country or been in a part of the country, you know, you're obviously in the upper Midwest in, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got the, the relationship with high school coaches and, and everybody that's there and even other college coaches. How big of a transition is it really to come out West to a place where you don't have that history and be successful as a coach? I, I'm guessing it's a little bit easier as, as an OC rather mm-hmm. than coming out as a head coach. But, but sometimes I see guys that, that leave their region and they, they just seem to, to fail. And to me, it feels like, it's it's because they've left their region that they know for a yeah. place that they don't. Yeah, I think, you know, I think some of the, you know, like I think you hit it on the head, it, being a head guy and obviously bringing a whole new staff with, with no connections to the area it can be challenging. But um, I think if you're upfront and honest with people and, you know, treat people right, 
at the end of the day, it, recruiting is recruiting, uh, coaching is educating. So I think as long as you go with that that focus into the those two main things, I, I think you're going to be all right. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty easy. I mean, recruiting is recruiting. Football is football. Yeah, so yeah, um, I, I appreciate that. You know, I've had a lot of people talk to me. It's like, well, oh, man, he's coming from from D two. You know, and I'm like, well, X's nose are X's nose. You just got bigger kids playing those X's nose, and if it works at one level, it should work at another. You yeah, know, with, with just the bigger kids. So, yeah. and then finally, for me, what's your favorite thing about Ogden so far? It's easy. It's the mountains. Waking up to the mountains, practicing in front of the mountains. Uh, uh, kind of. Kind of take it for granted, probably if you've been here uh, a long time. But for me, right now, it's it's pretty neat. Um, obviously, waking up to those uh, mountains, that scenery, uh, yeah, blessed with that. But other than that, um, my dogs like all the parks, so I'll, I'll <laughs> <say> that. <laughs> have they indoctrinated you to fry sauce yet? That's the question. <laughs> they have not. I don't know what that is. I know what you did either, so <laughs> I tend to steer away from that kind of stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I was throwing my my boy Bishop Millard at Joe uh, a bone there. <laughs> so, Coach, we'll just help you out. Fry sauces when they mix ketchup and mayonnaise. It's a dipping sauce for your fries. I think it sucks. You guys can try and revoke my Utah card. I don't care. I yeah, that's why, you're, that's why you're not here anymore, Colby. That's, wow. I'm a straight ketchup guy wow. myself, Colby, so don't feel bad. I, I think I'll stick with ketchup. Yeah. Oh, man. There we go. Don't get fancy. So, Coach, I got a couple questions for you here before we wrap up. Um, we talked a little bit with T-Mac about the fact that, you know, Coach Skyler Ridley was now going to be coaching the wide receivers group, a former wide receiver himself. You have a similar situation. You're a former college quarterback, like you said, at your alma mater, Baldwin Wallace, and, um, and now have you know, worked your way up. You were an offensive coordinator at Notre Dame College in U South Euclid, and then, now, and then became a head coach, becoming an OC now at the D1 level, but a quarterback from kind of the start of your career, and now tasked with coaching the quarterbacks. Um, I think that being a, a, a former player at that position gives you an advantage. Um, does it help when you're trying to put together an offense? Um, talk to us a little bit about your background there and how you feel it has informed the things that you do and the kinds of schemes that you put together and the way that you see the field. Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, obviously going to high school at Olmstead Falls, uh, uh, my head coach, uh, Jimmy Ryan, um, probably the best coach I've ever been around. Um, really installed the values of being a quarterback, not turning the ball over, playing smart, get, taking what the defense gives you. Um, so I had a really good foundation. Uh, my Uncle Jack, my Uncle Tom, my father were all college quarterbacks. Um, so, the and then my cousin Jack uh, was a college quarterback as well. So um, been around the position a while. So obviously, a, you know, going to obviously parties and you know all that all they talk about is who's the best quarterback um so you know growing up w w with that kind of background i think helps um and then obviously going to college going to bw um played for a lot of great ocs um but finally ian shoemaker who's now out of hawaii who was my coordinator in college so kind of got the ball rolling and with the RPO and ever since then kind of, you know, talked to people, worked with a lot of great people at Notre Dame um, that kind of helped my uh, philosophy changed from 10 to 11 to 12, um, just being multiple and being able to utilize the, the best people on your team in different ways and, and taking taking what they do well and obviously putting it into your offense. So I think uh, being multiple is the best. Uh, that way you can recruit the best players, whether it's tight ends, running backs, uh, wide receivers, uh, whatever uh, talent riches you have on your roster, you obviously utilize it to the best of your ability. And uh, interesting connection there with the former Eastern Washington uh, offensive coordinator. I mean, You'll find out very quickly that in the Big Sky Conference, I think we can all agree on this panel that Eastern does the best job at developing quarterbacks. They just had a Walter Payton Award winner graduate from their program. Uh, I think that they have the most in the conference. Um, that's just a program that seems to do really well on offense. They're prolific. So uh, even a even a, a somewhat you know adjacent connection to Eastern Washington yeah. offense is uh, good with me. 
<laughs> hopefully, hopefully we put the numbers up this year. Um, so uh, it's all about winning. That's what I tell my quarterbacks. The only stat that matters is uh, obviously if you're getting the W's on obviously Thursday or Saturday now. Um, that's the only thing that matters to me is are we coming up on top when, when the game's over and are we not turning the ball over? If you do, if you do, if you do those two things, you're going to be very successful here, especially uh, with the defense and special teams they play. Um, as long as we do our part, we're going to, we're going to be a darn good team here. Yeah, the turnover margin is a big thing in Coach Hill's system. We've heard it from several players, and so um, I, w- I wanted to point out that you know, as last season at Notre Dame College, you guys had the fewest picks, the fewest turnovers uh, in, yeah, this was interceptions, the fewest interceptions in the conference, just six last season. So yep. take care of the ball. Take care of the ball. You'll play. <laughs> uh, last question, coach, and then we'll let you go. We've had you on here for quite a while tonight. Um, wanted to ask a little bit about the schedule. Um, it's tough this year. I mean, this is probably the toughest schedule that the Wildcats have had in, uh, in a few seasons, probably, you know, three, four seasons. Um, Massey has it as the fifth most difficult schedule in the country right now. And the Big Sky has really become a defense-driven league. Um, and so now you're coming in as an offensive guy. Uh, like we said, folks at Eastern have you know, been able to crack that code. They've been able to really put the ball in play in a lot of ways. And so it's not that it can't be done, but how do you see it coming in as an, offensive, um, an offensive-minded coach coming to a more defensive league? Like you said earlier, is it more of you just take what the defense gives you or, I mean, you just respond or... I don't know. Talk to us about how you make that transition. I think you, you approach it week by week. Uh, you don't look ahead. Um, you focus on the opponent uh, of that week. Uh, you stay in the moment. Obviously, abide by the standard here uh, of working your butt off um, Monday through Friday and just let it all hang out on Saturday. Um, it's, it's really, really fortunate. I, I like Big time games, uh, you know, it's one of the things that attracted me to this job is you play in a premier conference with, with obviously really good coaches that that put their teams in good situations to be successful. Um, so I think as long as you you take it one week at a time and not not look ahead and obviously uh, focus on yourself uh, on an offensive standpoint, I think you put yourself in a good transition. You don't have the laws, you don't have the ups and downs. You stay consistent. Uh, in your process and your routine week in and week out. And, and that way you're prepared at a high level and uh, ready to play fast on Saturdays or Thursdays. Yeah, or Thursdays this week, <laughs> a little, little bit of a weird one. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, that's why I told these guys, you know, we'll be putting out a game day show on Thursday morning. Um, so this week's a little bit of a crunch for us. <laughs> get the content out, fellas. Don't you worry. We'll see. You know, everybody just get out to the tailgate, all right? Just get out to the tailgate on Thursday. Come on out. More than merit. Let's, uh, let's pack this place. Let's do it. Well, Coach Mickey, man, I want to really appreciate you, man, like I said, for taking some time. On a, on a Monday night to spend some time with us, introduce yourselves, I guess, to, uh, to some Weber State fans here on Weber State Weekly. Wish you the best of luck on Thursday and for the rest of the season. We'll obviously be rooting for you and hoping for the best. I appreciate you guys having, having me on. Uh, go Cats. Oh, man. Yeah, cats. best of luck, Coach Mano. We're, we're rooting for you guys. Thank you all. We're so excited for Thursday night. It's going to be awesome. You and me both, man. It, it's finally here. <laughs> Let it rip. Let it rip. <laughs> for sure. All right, thanks for your time. We'll see you. We'll see you. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. I want to thank Coach Mickey Mantle one more time for taking some time um, to, to join us here on Weaver State Weekly. Um, really appreciate him. Like I said, I know he's probably busy getting everything set up. His first season as offensive coordinator. Luckily, he's you know had quite a few months here in Ogden, but no doubt getting ready for a game day, especially in a short week, even though it's, it's the first game of the season. Um, Probably a little bit weird and a little bit tough, so his time is appreciated. So, fellas, um, we talked a little bit about the depth chart earlier today that it dropped. I tried getting a good graphic so we could show the audience, but uh, it didn't really come through. So we'll just kind of talk through this. But I wanted to kind of get some of your guys' takes because this is our first look at kind of like the results of the spring and now fall camps. Um, and we, there were some things that we, we expected. You guys mentioned it earlier. Ronson Barron's QB1, Kylan Weiser's QB2, um, similar to last season, right? Uh, but then there are some things that that were maybe not expected. And so I wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts. Like, what was uh, one thing that you guys felt after seeing the depth chart that raised your eyebrow? So I'll, I'll take this first. The, the thing that, 
that was most surprising to me, I, I suppose, was Demon Bankson being listed as a second string running back. Uh, but I don't, see, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see it as a, as a negative anyway. I, that, that room is loaded. I, I think it says more about Demon and, and what and what the, what the coaches think of him than, than anything else. It's 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 phenomenal for that young man uh, to be listed as RB two there in a in a room that's by far and away that you know we all feel i think here the the most loaded room (laughs) most loaded position we have this year for sure and i think that it speaks to like you know when when demon got recruited out of texas i mean we talked about his speed right we talked about the fact that he did play football but he was also running track right and so like i think that we're starting to see the results of that right like he's also was named you know he's going to take up you know rashid shaheed's mantle as the kick returner um, and I think that it's a credit to him and his, the, the speed and the things that he has worked on to get to this point so that as a, as a sophomore, or I mean, I think they have as a sophomore. I, I should check the, the chart. But I mean, he, he then takes, takes that job on and you know, gets to fill the shoes of an FCS great. Um, so sophomore is correct, Colby. Sophomore, yeah, okay. I, did, I wasn't sure if they redshirted him last season or not. So, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a credit to him. And it was a surprise, right? But like you said, it's a loaded position because. Of course, Damon Bankston, um, they talked about, you know, Coach Mental talked about the fact that Josh Davis, he really likes his, from what Brett Hine wrote today in his, um, his rundown of the, the depth chart, that this is the healthiest Josh Davis has been in a few seasons. And we all remember that freshman campaign, Jerry Rice Award winner that year, right? And so if, if, what the, if the reports are true that Josh Davis is as healthy as he is and Coach Mental's, you know, response to, his ability to make guys miss and you know get to the edge and really get out in this space. If that's the case, man, um, I think there's going to be quite a mix of you know not only speed but some power football because Chris Jackson, Dante McMillan still on the roster. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think I think we heard Kevin Smith Jr. ended up getting uh, uh, I think he ended up getting another injury, which is like oh man, that poor dude. But um, yeah, a loaded room. I for me, Colby, I I looked at the best depth chart i saw that we had experience and and we have um quality at the skill positions uh i'm not worried about the the running backs or the receivers um my i mentioned this last week i'll say it again my worry is the offensive line and and can they protect bronson Barron from getting injured and and if if we can protect the qbs then and have consistency of plays from the qbs with some creativity from the offense, as Coach Mental told us just now that that we get to see, um, I think the offense is going to be fine, and I and I have no doubts with with Coach Hill and the defense. I think the defense is going to is going to be their normal uh, stellar selves. But uh, the the problems and the complaints that I've heard around Wildcat uh, uh, fandom is is consistency on offense, and if we can fix that problem, maybe we can have a special season. It's a tough, tough schedule. Again, I don't think anybody's going undefeated in the big sky. Um, I don't think the Wildcats are going undefeated. Um, but that's, let's see what we can do. Um, I like the way the schedule builds, and, if, and, and it's all about health at this point. Uh, let, let's stay healthy. And, and if we can stay healthy, I think we've got a chance to, to make some noise. I think that's a good point, Sean. And, and we talked about that last week, right? That the schedule builds, mm-hmm. right? That like, you're not just thrown straight into the fire, you know? Of course, there's the, the D2 game against Western Oregon this week, uh, then an FBS game, which you know we usually have, and so that's its own thing. But then Utah Tech, then you know Kaza Kaza Kaza, and you're you're building it up to those three weeks in October, where you know yep. I think that will make break the season, right? And we talked about that last week. And T-Mac hit on this, but I, there's a lot of, I mean, there are a lot of new faces, a lot of young guys, which is good. I mean, especially in a build-up schedule, because if it does come down to those last three weeks, um, you know, getting these guys as much experience as, as they can is, is going to be, is going to be important. The other one of a couple of other observations I have, I, I thought this the whole time, of course, it's the first time I've been on the show this season, but our defensive secondary is loaded. Like uh, we said, the running back room's deep. Yeah. Because it's a specific position, but that that secondary man, I mean, good. That is a that is a scary group right there, man. I I don't I wouldn't I fear the quarterback who wants to pass on those young men. There are NFL guys in that secondary, you know. I, I'll say that, and 
you know, Taron Johnson currently plays on Sundays for the Bills. You know, we can say that with confidence that guys can play in the secondary at Weber State University and they can cut it in the league. We're seeing it now. Yeah, uh, and it's a whole group. Oh, and uh, one other one other surprised me just to to see. I'm glad to see it, but uh, I'll give a shout out to to, to Shad Pulsifer. Um, guy came from Snow College. I've loved this guy's story the whole time. We need to get him on Weber State Weekly. Uh, dude's I, dude, dude worked worked five years as a construction worker. <laughs> I got he, he's your heart. kind of player, Jeffy. And he's and he's, ma- he's massive, man. You six seven. Listen yeah. to two, six seven two sixty. Like that, that's a that's a story I want to hear. <laughs> We, we we need uh, we need our friends in the athletic department to get Chappy a pulse for jersey. That's that's what I'm hearing right now. I I, I take it. I take it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say that uh, I did interview him. Uh, so if you're a Patreon supporter, that interview is on our Patreon account. But I did interview Shad uh, after we had gone through the recruiting phase in the spring, and uh, like you said, Chappy, really good story because Shad had a lot of you know some unfortunate injuries. Uh, had you know some things not necessarily work out started at SUU didn't really work out in Cedar City um, found a home at, in Snow College but had some injury issues there too and um, I think and I, I'm trying to remember I think he said this uh, he thought that he was done with college football and Weber State reached out to him and said hey how about one more up in Ogden and uh, he said absolutely would love to and so came up and like you said I mean it's a good place with the you know with George Tarlis leaving losing Jared Sheese on the defensive line. Um, yeah, man. Could have used the help. Uh, I can't remember the third guy who transferred uh, out down to Brigham Young. But, um, yeah, man. He's making some noise down there, too, right here, too. Yeah, help me. The name escapes me right now. We, I'd mispronounce it if I tried. <laughs> Isn't it a Latui? Or Lutui? Um, yeah, but... That was, an, that was a unit that, you know, we were very nervous about, right? Didn't really know how that was going to shake out. And so, I mean, if Shad is coming out, I mean, it's a, um, for that right end, I think he's playing right end. Um, left, listed on the left he's side. Playing left end. So he's playing there and, um, you know, it's sort of a, it was an or there. So there were the kind of the two starters. But, I mean, if they have that kind of confidence in him, that's a great sign, right? Like bring him in, they coach him up, they say, okay, if this man can stay healthy, I think he can make an impact. Um, guys, one last question, uh, cause we kind of let this gone for a little bit. We've already talked about Mon, um, talked about, we've talked a bit about the young guys at the skill position. T-Mac talked a little bit about that. We talked about, you know, the thinness of the O-line. Jay Hills noted that a few times, especially in an interview today. Um, another thing that stuck out to me, Jack Kelly moved from linebacker where he, I think was really good, has a great motor. They put him on the right end. How do you think he'll do there? Um, cause I, I have my thoughts, but I wanted to hear what you guys thought. Hey, to me, I, I don't know that it, it's going to be, I, I don't know, Colby. I, I don't know enough about him to, to know what, what I do know is that when it seems like, uh, when you get, uh, a guy that's a pass rusher, um, you're just attacking the quarterback from a different angle from the linebacker versus the, the end. Um, the end seems to have more direct pass rush responsibilities rather than dropping back into coverage where the linebacker kind of has to do both. I don't know if it's a temporary thing, you know, who knows what it is, but, but if I trust the coaches know what they're doing and, and if this is going to be a good move and get us some, some pressure off, off the end, then, then I'm all for it. Well, it must've been something that, that was you know, clearly talked about, but linebacker was, if we were going into the season, linebackers probably, one of the two positions I was most worried about this year because we lost so many guys, you know, um, losing Connor Mortensen and lose like we had a very experienced sure core last year. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Lavaca, like it was a very experienced group there last year. Yeah. Um, so take so being able to take some of the experience that that we did have there, and Jack Kelly and moving him over to the end um, says a lot about what the coaches feel about what they have there to me. Yeah, and I think that you're right. I mean. I'm not, it's sort of like a few years ago when, you know, Coach Hill came out and was like, we're breaking in a new secondary. And those guys were dynamite in their freshman years, right? Like a lot of those dudes really balled out. Uh, they had a great, they had a great season. And that's kind of the way I felt about linebacker. I mean, it's such a linebacker driven league. I mean, you look at the guys that play linebacker in the big sky. It's just nuts. Like, you know what I mean? And so, you know, and Troy Anderson having the success that he had at Montana State last season after bouncing around a little bit. I think it just, it just shows how 
how good you have to be to start at linebacker in this league. And so I wasn't super worried that the guys would be able to, you know, that the coaching staff at Weber would be able to coach guys up. Um, so I, I wasn't, I don't think as, as nervous about that, but I do wonder about what you said about it maybe being temporary with Jack Kelly playing that right end position until, you know, maybe some things shake out. Until, until coach Hill proves otherwise, I will always have confidence in the decisions that the defense makes. hundred <laughs> percent. By the way, shout out to Hayden Meacham. Um, Logan Latui was the name we flashed on the screen there. That was the name that was escaping us right then. And like you said, um, hey, well, and, and let's give a shout out to Hayden, man. Hayden listed as list, listed as as the one spot at tight end. How awesome is that? That's and, and we're excited because Coach, Coach Bentel said that Hayden's going to get some touches this year, right? Eighty, what did he say? Sixty balls to the tight ends. It, it he said eighty. Was he said he 80, 80, 80, 80, 80 balls last year. It was eighty. Yeah. So Hayden, lick your chops on that, my friend. I'm, I'm sure he's probably been looking at his chops. He's been there every day so far, but yeah, I, we all love us some tight end play around here at Weber state weekly. So yeah. Shout out to that group. Where, I've it, been saying know. that for, for years now, right guys, I long for the days of Andrew Vollard when we could just dump it off into the flat and let him go and make it happen. Well, and, and watching, incredible. watching some of the game film that we did on, from what we could find on YouTube of coach mentals time at Notre Dame college, like a lot of times they would run like a two tight end set. So, you know, Getting Hayden out there and Justin Malone is going to be a lot of fun. And, and to go back to our kind of our concern about the offensive line, one way to offset that is to run a two tight end set and have have a little bit more blocking on the edge when you need it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's great. Because I think you know, from what we're hearing, you know, of course Montana State loses Daniel Hardy to the league. Good for him. But um, they're they've got some guys that are reloading. Um, I can't remember the kid's name in Northern Colorado. I mean. Ends are also a position of strength in the Big Sky Conference. There, we got some. There are some prolific pass rushers. Um, guys, last question, and we can wrap this up. Um, so we talked about Jack Kelly. We've talked about surprise. We talked about the O line. Just really quickly, Coach Coach Mental noted that you know a lot of young guys at the skill positions. T Mac noted that right. And so, how are you guys feeling about like the wideout positions, right? Where it's like a lot of fast, young, speedy guys are taking up those roles in a new system. How are you feeling about that? You feeling good? Maybe a little bit nervous because inexperience? Come what may, what? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, an, it's, it's an experience, but sure. the, again, from watching what I could find on Coach Mental, the, the way his teams have thrown the ball have, have definitely been you know, of an RPO type variety. And he mentioned it there where you're exploiting numbers, right? It's all about exploiting numbers. In fact, I'll just say, I loved how cerebral coach mental was when he was talking to us, like the, it's, it's a numbers game to him. And I, I love that, that as long as receivers can catch the ball, if they, if they're in space, that's where you want them. Right. So uh, the concern I would, I would have about our receivers is, you know, young guys and, 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 the hardest part is learning to get separation, right? I mean, that's what Rashid was was brilliant at. And Rashid it would open it up for everybody else because he was able to get separation on the outside and and you know the the, the the draw the draw the, the double team every time. And so, if there's one concern I have, it's it, it's that. Um, but but again, watching what I can find online, Coach Mental's offense from from what I can see is getting guys open in space and a lot of crossing routes, a lot of a lot of hitch patterns, a lot of you know posts and things like that that are just meant to get guys open on rollouts. So that's the way to get an inexperienced or a, a, a younger receiver room lots of experience really quickly is to 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 create good good space for them to catch good balls. Sean, final words. I'm I'm my worry about the wide receivers is the quarterbacks. And, and wide receivers are an entirely dependent position. You need to get space, get open, but you can be open all day long. The quarterback doesn't, can't get you the ball. You, you're, you're, there's nothing good happens, right? So it's all about the quarterback getting, getting the ball to the receivers. And, and so my thoughts are is, is uh, I, I want to see, I'm, I don't want to make any judgments on the receivers until we see what they do. Now, I do want to say this, and, and this is probably more for our game day show. But I hope the Wildcat fans that are listening tonight, let's not put, put too much stock on what we see on Thursday. We're playing a D2 team. We should roll them. 
Um, unless that game is close in the fourth quarter, which I don't think it will be by any accounts, but I don't think we can make declarations good or bad either way based on what happens Thursday or based on what happens in Logan in two weeks. Unless it's good, right? Like if, if the Wildcats go, we, we go up to Logan and beat the Aggies. Down, yeah. I mean, sure. If you yeah. win, that's big. But if you yeah. go up there and you perform well, and then just, you yeah. know, like we always see depth becomes the thing. This is the separation. Yep, yep. You know, you just got more guys on scholarship. Yeah. And I'm just saying, let's not, uh, let, let's not, let's not give them the championship parade or burn the whole thing down based on Thursday's results. Well, and, and to me, to me, they're starting off the right way. New offensive coordinator. I know we're fans. We are all a little bit bummed that, that they're not playing Jamie. We all would have rather seen that, obviously. But but the situation sets up very nicely. New offense, new offensive coordinator. It gives them a chance to, 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 to get things rolling and to you know experiment a little bit, see what works. Like Coach Mendel said, see who's a gamer. Um, so I like that. And I'll, I'll just add this too. As far as quarterback play goes, to me, that the thing that we definitely have going for us there is the running game. Okay. Ron can set up the pass extremely nicely when you have a running back room, the, the way like we do. And coach Mendel said straight up in that interview that, that we're, we're going to run the ball. Right. And when you run the ball in a, yeah, why wouldn't you? And, and when you run the ball in a spread offense like that, if you, it, we've all seen over the years, if, if an RPO or spread type offense is good at running the ball, they have to focus on that in the quarter. It just, it, it, it creates, it opens everything up. I, I, opens, opens everything up for the quarterback. I, I agree with you. Um, but I, my one criticism, my one thought is we've had inconsistent quarterback play over the last three years. I, yeah, I, I think it's been unfortunate. Kylan was really good last year when he played until he got hurt, which is unfortunate. I don't, I yeah, don't, but, but the injuries are part of the inconsistency, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. I mean, Bron- Bronson, I don't think Bronson was healthy from what I can tell most of last year. You know, I, yeah. I'll, 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 I'm hopeful that a full off season, I mean, think about it. This is Bronson Barron's third year starting at quarterback and he's a sophomore. Should be a good year, hopefully. Right. Is that like, you know, we all kind of bemoaned the, the way that the Wildcats were banged up last fall. And it's like, man, maybe we shouldn't have played the spring, but it's like maybe we just needed to be a little bit more patient and that the dividends from that would come. Right. Yeah. And maybe it's now where it's like, yes, some guys had left, blah, blah, blah. But also some young guys got they got some reps that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And so it's good. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't bemoan the, the spring season, but it's nice to be back in the natural rhythm of, of spring football practice, fall football camp and in that natural thing. I, I think there were some extra injuries there, but we need to wrap up. But but I, I'm excited for Thursday night. I know you both are excited for Thursday night. Uh, all the fans watching and listening are, are excited for Thursday night. I can't wait to be in Stewart Stadium and, and hanging out uh, with, with all my uh, all my friends wearing purple. Get loud. All right, fellas. So uh, upcoming schedule, like Sean said, Thursday, September 1st, Wildcats will be taking on D2 Western Oregon at Stewart Stadium. That game will be at 6 p.m. So if the game is at 6 p.m., tailgates at least at 4. Leave work early and go tailgate. The fellas will be up there, so go hang with them. Stewart Stadium, you can get your tickets or ESPN Plus like me if you're out of town. Uh, That's the way you'll do it. Then um, coming up, like we said, uh, Saturday, September 10th, Wildcats taking the trip up to Logan to face Utah State. Uh, that game will be at 5 p.m. I believe the Alumni Association is doing a tailgate. So we'll probably share that link in the Weaver State um, fans group. Um, but go be a part of that, man. Like when the, those those things are on the road like that, show up to them. Because they're, they're a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun. And um, it is an FBS game, so you never know what's going to happen. But uh, it'll be a good test. Then Saturday, September 17th. Utah Tech comes to Stewart Stadium for the first time as a D1 program. So they will face the Wildcats at Stewart Stadium, 6 p.m. on that game. Um, so can can we find a better derogatory name than Utah Tech? Uh, and not the D1, but but we, we got that name's so awful. Look them up with something. <laughs> but, and, and by the way, on that, looking at the games coming up, like, I don't know that we know much about Weber State after that Utah Tech game either, based off of the game last year. Like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure what Utah Tech's going to be. Yeah, uh, we can call them the Beefaloes. You want to call them the Beefaloes? 
I don't know, Kobe. I, I just the, te- the tech, Utah tech is the tech tech is just the, the worst name ever. It's, Thank you, Utah we'll, legislature. We'll work on it. Uh, and then finally, um, Saturday, September twenty fourth, Wildcats will be taking the trip out to Davis to face the Aggies uh, in California. Eight p.m. on that because they are out there. Uh, that that game will be on ESPN Plus. So. Uh, wrap up the show. Email us, weberstateweekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our Patreon, and then uh, the blog, weberstateweekly.com. Uh, fellas, appreciate you for coming on. want to thank Ty McPherson and Coach Mickey Mental for taking a little bit of time with us. Wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go well. Oh!